it's an old example that has been around for a long time, but I think it's so poignant and helpful for people to understand why we need boundaries. If you were to imagine a school that's next to a busy road, if there's no fence, the teachers are going to have to let the kids go out for recess, but they're going to say like, stay close, right? Because we don't want them running out to the road. So the kids have to play close to the school and where the teachers can keep an eye on them. But if there is a school next to a busy road and they put up a fence, same school, put up a fence around it, the kids can go to all the corners of the field. They can go play kickball over here and play hide and go seek over there and they can take advantage of the full field. And that's what boundaries do. It allows us to have this container that we can explore and we can play and we can really enjoy ourselves fully because we have that container, because we have that boundary. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lassa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, be it babe. How are you? So here's this cool thing. Many, many moons ago, years ago, I was driving in LA in traffic, trying to go from like one thing to the thing that I was trying to make the thing. And I heard this woman on a podcast and I was listening to what she was saying. I was listening to what her book was about. And I was like, oh my God, I... I need this. So I downloaded her book on uh, one of the audio versions and I listened to it and I really loved what it was. And then I kept going with my life and implementing some of the things I heard on the pod and some things from that book. And, and, and today I'm interviewing that woman. <laughs> so Tanya Dalton is our guest. I'm so excited for you to hear her because she is on fire for you like really, truly wanting to make sure that women like you have what you want to have in this place. And it can be so easy to look at what she does in this world, or even what I do or what other women in your life do and go, Oh, must be nice. We talk about that. Talk about that with the asterisk. And we, uh, or must be like, you think like, Oh, I just, they can do it, but I can't. When you think like, well, they can have all the things and I can't, or who am I to do these things? And She and I just really want you to know that you can do those things. Yes, you can. And it requires some work and it's not going to be easy. And what I can't wait for you to hear is how that is all possible. And there's some work involved, but with that work creates endless possibilities for you and what you want to do here. And so I'm going to let you listen to Tanya and her amazing words right here, right now. Um, and I cannot wait for you to tell us what takeaways you had. So, um, aside from leaving us a review, thank you for doing that. Um, I'd love for you to share this podcast with a friend, tag us on Instagram, TikTok, any of the places that you love to hang on social and make sure that your friends hear it because the more people that are hearing these words that you're hearing about the things you want to change, the people around you will do it too. And it becomes so much easier for you to implement the things that you want to take away from it, because it's, it's hard to swim upstream. It's hard to be alone and be like the only person doing it. But if everyone around you sort of is, it makes it a lot easier, right? So let's change everyone together. All right. Here's Sonia Dalton. And I can't wait to hear your tech fees. 
Everybody loves, it's here. OPC Summer Camp. You know, that thing we started last year? Well, we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world, which means all day long, you can nerd out with me at Camp Zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite Pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot. No, you can have the amazing food from your own home. You can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for. In fact, you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money. In fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got reformer. We've got some happy hip reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! All right, be listeners. I'm really thrilled. This is this today's guest is someone I actually heard on someone else's podcast way many years before I ever thought I'd ever have a podcast. And um, I read her book, and I am just so excited to have Tanya Dalton here. Tanya, can you tell everyone who you are, what you write about, what you're talking about these days? <laughs> Absolutely. Well. I like to say that I am redefining productivity for women. So they really understand it's not about doing more, it's doing what's most important. So I do that through several different ways. First of all, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a business owner, I'm a podcaster, I'm an author. So I get it when women feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. How do you get things done, right? You and I were kind of chatting at the beginning about how do you get it all done? And the secret is you don't, right? So that's that's a lot about what I talk about. What I what I really love to to have women understand is that really when we prioritize and we make choices in our lives about what we want to do, we can pour ourselves so fully into it. So mm-hmm. that is what I write about in my books. I have two books, uh, The Joy of Missing Out, as well as On Purpose. I have a podcast, The Intentional Advantage. Uh, which you can listen to right here on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this right now. And I have Equal Press Productivity Co. I'm the founder of that multi-million dollar company as well. So uh, several things on my plate, which is why I love speaking to people about it because it's like, listen, if I can do these things, you could do these things. Well, yeah, yes. And I, I, first of all, like, I love how many plates you've got and I love everything that's on your plates. I have so many, <laughs> I have so many things I want to go down the road, but what started this process of you focusing on like the joy of missing out? What, what was, were you Mm -hmm. always someone who was like, it was easy for you to prioritize what was important or did you have a, have to learn that the hard way? Well, I think our best lessons are learned the hard way to be honest with you, (laughs) which is kind of a a bitter pill to swallow, but it's true. Um, You know, I started my, my first business back in 2008. So gosh, that feels like forever ago at this point, right? 2008. And I was just supposed to be a small business, a side business, something I did on the side. I was really a stay-at-home mom. Um, My husband was doing, uh, he was doing marketing for Fortune 500 companies. And so he would leave our home in Dallas, Texas, and he'd buy a ticket called the Around the World Ticket. He would circle the globe and come back the other side. And I was like, I need to have something I'm doing other than mothering. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I need something else. So I started a business and I was like, oh yeah, I'll be this thing that I do on the side. I started it with $50. That was my investment. So I don't have a website, just selling to friends, maybe friends of friends. And I had this call with my husband who was on the other side of the planet. And he called me and it was the end of my day, beginning of his day. And I was telling him all the things that the kids were doing and all the things that were happening. And he got really, really, really quiet. And I was like, are you okay? 
And he said, I'm missing everything. I'm missing all the moments with the kids. I'm missing watching them grow. And I was like, no, 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 it's okay. But I could tell that really pulled on him. Mm -hmm. That really bothered him. He loved doing the marketing, but he didn't love being away. So I hung up the phone that evening in my bright yellow kitchen. I stood there and I made a big, bold decision. I decided I was going to grow that tiny little side hobby business of mine big enough to absorb his MBA income, Mm. which was a pretty bold decision to make (laughs) in my bright yellow kitchen with two kids, right? Who were literally playing at my feet. And I had zero business experience. I had never even taken a course in college on business, but I sat down that night. I mapped it out. I started making plans. I created systems because here I am. I'm a stay-at-home mom. So I have two small kids to take care of, a husband who's gone for three or four weeks at a time. And I wanted to grow this business. So I knew I needed to be really proactive with all of this. And within about a year, I was able to make that goal happen. I was able to hit six figures. I was able to absorb his MBA income. And that was amazing. That's amazing. Uh, That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I mean, I think this is the thing. It is really when you start honing in on the things that matter most. But there were there were really moments in there within that first couple of years where I was trying to do all the things and I was wearing myself out and I was frustrated and I was irritated and I was not the best person, not the wife, mom, per- person, friend, aunt that I wanted to be or any of those things, right? Um, and so I had moments where I would feel like, what is this all for? Why am I doing this? And it was really that realization that I wasn't gifting myself the time to really grow, which then doesn't allow my business to grow, which which doesn't allow my family to grow, all of those things that I really needed to make a shift. And in about 2013, at that point, John was working for me. He's been working for me since 2009. I was going to say, you had to like, how did you, I'm like, I'm hoping you, Mark, like took him into the business. Because if he does have this MBA, you're like, we need, we do need an operation. We need someone. Holy yes. Why don't you come on board and work alongside of me? Yeah. So he's been working for me since 2009. I like to say we sit across the desk from each other. We are like together 26 hours a day. <laughs> we're always together. But it works for us. It works for our marriage. We, we are really happy with it. But in 2013, I looked at him and I said, I love you. I love working with you, but I don't love what I'm doing. You know, that business I'd started was a side hobby. It was something I was just doing on the side. I wasn't as passionate about it. I felt like I was here to make a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. Right. What if there is nothing else out there? And so it was taking the time to step back and say, what am I really passionate about? When I did that, I realized I'm passionate about helping women. I love working with women. I love teaching. I used to be a teacher, once a teacher, always a teacher. So I knew I wanted to have podcasts and books and things like that. But then I also really love productivity because truly when I understood what it meant to be truly productive, Mm -hmm. that's what flipped the switch on everything. That's when not only did I have a thriving business, but I had a thriving personal life. I was able to have both. And I was watching so many other women struggle with it. So that's why I decided to start Inkwell Press. Okay. Okay. This is really cool. So a couple highlights. One, you had to take a step away to like actually, because you've got like when you're in it. And I think that's where, oh. when the, it's almost like, yeah. I, I wish there was another word for burnout. Cause I feel like there's different kinds of levels and, and styles of that. But like mm-hmm. when you're so in it and you're like, I don't really like who I am in this right now, mm-hmm. you can't go, 
I feel like when people, that's when people are trying to figure out what that is. And it's like, you actually can't while you're doing that. You have to take the step out. You got to go for the walk. You got to take the break. You got to yeah. leave it all because otherwise you're trying to fix a problem while you're in a problem. <laughs> yeah. You have to get off the bike to fix the bike. Yes. You can't stay on the bike and fix the flat tire and fix, right? Like you have to get off of the bike and give yourself that space. Mm-hmm. And people don't feel like they can give themselves that. But if you don't, you're staying on a broken bike. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're just doing the same things over and over again. So it's not a matter of that being a luxury of giving yourself that time. It's a necessity. We need to do that for ourselves from time to time. I know. And but everyone thinks it's a luxury. They think if they they will look yeah. at your business and go, it must be nice for her. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I really <laughs> must be nice. I fucking hate that. <laughs> I had um I had a woman who wrote a book about talking about mental health in the workplace. And she said, if someone at work is going, oh, it must be nice that you could go on a run on your lunch break. You have to say, um, it is great that I can do that. And I wish that you could take time for yourself too. Like you have to like literally highlight that they're, what they're resenting (laughs) is that they're not doing and how can we help people do that? So, and yes, I, that's a great analogy for my visual listeners. Like can't fix the bike while you're on it, but but don't you find that some people are just so afraid of where that bike could go if it was fixed? Like, I think people's fear of yeah. where the bike could go when it's fixed is what keeps them on the broken bike. We get really overwhelmed by the idea of what if, right? Oh, I won't know what I'm doing. And so sometimes there's a lot of times there's two issues. Either you don't have a vision and you don't know what that looks like, which is okay. That's one of the things I really dive into in my last book. Like, how do you figure that out? Or the vision vision is so big, it's daunting and it's scary. Like, Who am I to do these things, Mm -hmm. right? And the truth is, it's like, it's like the idea of where you are now and the where the place you want to go is far apart. Like there's this giant chasm, like the Grand Canyon between them, right? And where you are now, it feels impossible to get to that place you want to get to. And you think, oh gosh, I've got to like build a jetpack to zoom across that giant chasm, right? And we'll spend years like trying to figure out how we're going to do that, over-perfecting all of that, trying to build a jetpack. When in truth, if we put one foot in front of the other, tiny little itty bitty steps, one after the next, we would make it down the walls of the Grand Canyon, cross the Grand Canyon, and you can go back up the other side in one day. Yeah, You can do that in the Grand Canyon, right? So along those steps, each one of those steps, we're learning things, we're evolving, we're growing, we're changing. We have, I like to say, we have a backpack on our back and we're gathering together the experience the traumas, the failures, the lessons, all of those things in our backpack. So when we get to that bright, beautiful future, we have everything we need. Mm-hmm. We've been gathering along the way. It's messy in that backpack. <laughs> it's full of stuff. Maybe we don't even like, but we've been gathering it all along. So don't get caught up in the big vision. Get caught up in today, mm-hmm. right? That's what I want you to do is get caught up in today and investing in today what that beautiful future looks like. Oh my God. I love that so much. I like that. Uh, we, we say take messy action. Like that's like, just like take mm, because yes. I do say perfect is boring all the time. And I have to remind myself that is because it just, it just is no one wants to hear how perfect your backpack is packed. They don't like, no, <laughs> they just so want to hear boring. how the, the journey and was. <laughs> nobody wants to talk to you at the party. If you have all your shit together, right? Let's be honest because because then they just walk away. And they're like, well, I'm the worst. Yeah. Right? And here's the truth. We love the story of the underdog. Mm-hmm. We love watching movies where someone's had it hard or they've gone through this thing and then they overcome it. And yet we don't see the value in our own stories. 
we don't see that we're the underdog sometimes. And we have this beautiful arc in our story as well when we come out the other side. And it's just as beautiful as seeing it in the movies yeah. because we get to live it. It's just, it's hard in the messy middle. It is difficult and it feels frustrating because we just want rainbows and unicorns, right? And that's not how the world works. I know all of us with our born in Lisa Frank era, we just want rainbows and unicorns, but my parents <laughs> couldn't afford that. <laughs> so I had, the, I had the, just the plain, just the plain <laughs> folders, but you said the messy middle and that's something... I haven't actually finished that book, um, whose name is escaping me, but it's on like my like end table by the couch. And whenever I like am in it, I'm like, oh, we're just in the middle right now. We're just in the middle. Mm-hmm. And luckily, when you're in the middle, it goes up and down and up and down. And we we're, we have an upcoming. There's an upcoming. Yeah. <laughs> we just gotta get there. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is why, honestly, too, like when we get to when we get to a point, and this happens for everybody where it feels like there's no upcoming. Like it's just, I'm in these trenches and it's terrible and it's hard. Going back and doing a little exercise of mapping out your own life map. And you look at the highs and the lows of your life and you map it out like a graph. You will see highs and lows and then highs and then lows. Our life is a cycle of these highs and lows. It's not gonna constantly be high. It's not constantly gonna be low, but when you do that for yourself, you can really start to see, oh, I did recover from that. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I remember in that moment how it felt like I was never going to get out of that. And yet somehow I did. And here's a high that came after that, right? So yeah. really looking looking at what I call your breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. See where you've been. It's it's like when you're on a hike, right? And you get to a point on a hike where you're like, I can't I can't go any further. Like my legs are tired. <laughs> I'm tired. And then you stop and you look back at where you've been and you think, "Oh my gosh." how far I've come. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you get that second wind and you think to yourself, I can keep going. Mm -hmm. I can do this. We have to do that in life, just like we have to on a hike or anything else. We have to stop. And this again is us stepping back, right? Mm -hmm. Getting off the bike, taking a look and saying, wow, I've I've come so far. I can keep doing this. That's that's where a lot of that self-motivation comes from, that self-trust. I love, I, yes. And I, I, um, we talk a lot in my, in my group where we coach people. It's like, it's fuck yeah Friday on Fridays. It's you can make it any other day, mm-hmm. but on Fridays at minimum, like you must celebrate what you did do, because if you don't, you don't have the breadcrumbs of proof that you've had a high at any point in this week, at any point, you know. And it really does give you sometimes that breath at the top of a hill where you're like, oh, oh, look what I did do something this. Yes, I hit the bottom, <laughs> I but I did something. do something this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, in my um, business, we do what I call High Five Fridays. Oh, fun! And so my customer happiness team they gather together the like the nice comments or the you know emails and the notes that we've gotten, and we send that uh, office wide. Everybody in the office gets it as a chance to celebrate on Friday. It's the last email that you look at on Friday. It gives you a nice high going into the weekend because truly we forget the good that we've done. Mm-hmm. We discount it. And all we do is think about all the things that didn't go right. Mm, that's cool. That's also more appropriate for work. I- <laughs> High five Friday. <laughs> My team who's going to produce this. If you want to change the fuck yeah Friday time. <laughs> But you know, um, Friday is nice. I like the alliteration and the and the words. I so. know, I know. So um, we have we use um, a couple. We have a project manager tool we use, and then we actually most people that engage with our company in different ways. It's in Slack, and so we have a girl who does our Amazon for our flashcards because 
again, how do we do everything? We don't. <laughs> Someone else who's an expert exactly. at Amazon does Amazon. So she really only can see one channel technically, but we let everybody in on the wins. And she said to my husband, she's like, you know, I'm in a lot of people Slack groups and your company is the only one that I, I actually go and look at the company's wins because you have them and you share them and everyone's celebrating all these things. And it's like, she actually enjoys participating in our product because of our culture of celebrating. And, yeah. you know, um, I do it there. I do it in my groups because it's, it can be so hard if you're listening, like, oh, it's so, it's so hard to do that for yourself. But if you can like literally make it part of the routine of your job, <laughs> it becomes a little bit easier yeah. to, to do that. And as a, because we don't do anything differently, kind of are the same person. So if I start to do that as a habit at work, then it becomes really easy during the week to go, oh, look what I did there. Like, oh, I'm going to celebrate that right now. Well, I think this is a thing too. I think if we really think about it and what celebration means, a celebration usually is bringing others in, right? Mm -hmm. So even if we're celebrating ourselves, we get that high and we feel really good. Don't you think that bleeds into the other areas of your life? If you're feeling really good because you've celebrated yourself, aren't you the, a better mom to your kids? I know I am. I'm much more patient. I'm much more calm, right? <laughs> There's less of the mom I don't want to be. I'm the better, I'm a better wife. I'm, I'm a better daughter to my parents. I'm, I'm better in every way, shape and form because I've taken care of myself. And that in, in the scientific terms is actually called the halo effect. Mm -hmm. When we do things that are good for ourselves, the people around us also get the benefits whether it's eating healthy or taking care of our body or celebrating our wins, that ends up creating this beautiful domino effect where the others around us start doing that as well. You know, we hear about where the average of the five people we hang around, people are hanging around you. Bring that average up by mm -hmm. celebrating yourself, by thinking about all the good that you've done. Mm -hmm. That allows everybody else around you to rise up as well. Oh, I love when science backs up like <laughs> anything else about too. development. <laughs> I love it. So I wonder, okay, I love that you mentioned that about the halo effect. And also you brought it back to being a mom. I think that's so important because I don't have kids. So I'd understand that when, when I say a lot of things, they're like, well, it must be easier for you. you don't have kids. I have three, four legged children and they Listen, are demanding. We, <laughs> we always say it must be nice for other people. Cause there's some asterisk that makes them a special snowflake. Must be nice for you. Cause you don't have kids. Must be nice for you. Cause your business is successful. <laughs> must be nice for you. Right. We all have a must be nice for you. Yeah. Um, let's stop making, let's stop pretending like it's always an exception when something is going well yeah. right, for people. Or, yeah. J yeah. Uh, thank you. And, um, to all of you listening, let's, let's, we can all start that. We can actually make that a thing. We can, it can be trending. Um, I wonder when you, if you can remember back in 2008, when you started your business and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to make enough to like take over my husband's income so you mm -hmm. can come to this business. How did that work with like setting up boundaries and still being able to be there? Was there, was that easy? Was it, was there adjustments you had to make? What did you have? To, is there anything like hard conversation to say with people? How'd that look? Let's be honest. If I said it was really easy to set boundaries, somebody would go, must be nice. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it was not easy. Setting boundaries is not easy, but it's so important. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was really about really differentiating between my hours of business and my hours of availability. That was one of the first things that I did that I think most business owners, especially if you're working out of your home, they don't do. We think I'm working, so therefore I must be on, right? Hours of business are when you're working on your business. That could be at 11 o'clock at night. If you're a night owl, it could be four in the morning. If you're an early riser, could be, you know, during your kid's nap. Hours of availability is when you're available for customers or clients or responding, 
right? Mm. Really setting those boundaries early, I think, and communicating them is so vastly important because the problem is you're working at 11 o'clock at night because, you know, you haven't been able to work because the kids have been up and doing all these things, right? And so you're answering client emails at 11 o'clock at night because that's when it works for you. Well, I would say go ahead and you can schedule those. Every email program has a way to schedule your email system that later schedule them during your hours of availability. What happens is you send out an email at 11 o'clock at night and a couple of days later, client reaches out at 1045, happens to be a night that you actually got to bed early and then they're irritated. You've not responded right away, mm -hmm. right? But you have set that boundary that I'm here at 11 o'clock at night working. So really be intentional about when you're working and you're available and when you're working and you're unavailable. So for me, especially when I was first starting out, so I had, you know, two small kids, husband who's traveling, all of those things. I would sit down on Sundays and I would say, here's the hours I'm working this week. And I would make that decision and I would create those containers of time. Now, those first couple of years of business, my biggest days of working were on Mother's Day out and preschool days, right? The other days of the week were not heavy work days. It was like, for a while, it was just Tuesday, Thursday. <laughs> and then we moved to like Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of a thing. So I knew that on those days where I was giving myself those work containers, I was focusing in on work, mm -hmm. right? But I also knew that I wanted to communicate to my customers and my clients. And I think you do this in every avenue, in your email footer, in your contracts, if you're a person who does contracts, like you're an event planner or you know something like that, um, in your voicemail, all of those places I would put, here's the hours I'm available. So they clearly knew when I would be responding to emails. And I set up my phone using Google Voice so that it had a very different ringtone. So it would come to me and it would have a different ringtone. I could set the business hours so it didn't ring after business. Yes. I also taught my kids what that ringtone sounded like. And they knew what to do when we heard that ringtone. I had a little chart on the wall. I used to be a teacher. <laughs> mine, so I had a little chart on the wall with pictures. They would hear that ringtone and they would run over and they would pick an activity off of there and they would go do that. So they weren't bothering me mm -hmm. during my phone call. Now, I didn't do that naturally. I mean, I didn't have like trained chimpanzees for children. We practiced it, <laughs> yeah. right? We would, I would pretend like the phone would ring. I'd put on the ringtone. I'd be like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? And they would run over and we would, we'd make it into this big game and we would practice it. Just like as a teacher, we would practice for the fire drill. That's why they line up nice and quietly, even though they're like, you know, three <laughs> years old. They're able to do that because you practice it. So I set those boundaries with my kids. I set those boundaries with uh, my clients and my customers. I set those boundaries with myself. And that was hugely freeing. It really was. Okay. There's, y'all, I hope you wrote down those different things. We, Brad and I talk about all the time. We're like with our people we coach. I'm like, your clients don't need to have your personal phone number. Google Voice. It's free. No, we use it too. Oh my gosh. It's so great. First time you get a phone call on Saturday morning at like seven o'clock, that's when you're like, okay, this is not working. <laughs> <laughs> and what I love though, is that for people who um, have a debt obliger tendency where they need a little bit more accountability mm -hmm. by you putting in your hours availability in your voicemail, in your email, in any of these places, it actually holds you accountable to that so that you can't bleed out by being a people pleaser or by by not having that account because you put it in place. So it makes it really easy. And mm -hmm. you set the stage. I think you're correct. Boundaries are so hard. And sometimes you don't know you need a boundary until it's been crossed. And you're like, oh, okay, I don't like that. So I'm going to create a boundary there. But <laughs> now I know. <laughs> now yeah. I know. Noted. But like, if we don't, you know, if we don't put them in place and actually put things in place to keep them there, 
then we just become resentful of people and they don't know why we're mad at them. They don't know why we're being cross. Like they don't, they, they're not no. mind readers. We get so irritated. We're like, can you believe that client called? But hey, we didn't correct them. We didn't, we didn't tell them this is when our boundaries, you know, were. I like to, there's a, in the joy of missing out, I give this example and it's an old example that has been around for a long time, but I think it's so poignant and helpful for people to understand why we need boundaries. If you were to imagine a school that's next to a busy road, if there's no fence, the teachers are going to have to let the kids go out for recess, but they're going to say like, stay close, right? Because we don't want them running out to the road. So the kids have to play close to the school and where the teachers can keep an eye on them. But if there is a school next to a busy road and they put up a fence, same school, put up a fence around it, the kids can go to all the corners of the field. They can go play kickball over here and play hide and go seek over there. And they can take advantage of the full field. And that's what boundaries do. It allows us to have this container that we can explore and we can play and we can really enjoy ourselves fully mm-hmm. because we have that container, because we have that boundary. Mm-hmm. And then we can go inside and do the next thing, right? And that's what I love about boundaries is when we have them in place, when we have good, healthy boundaries, it feels so good. Well, it really does. And you just said it like in that example, because I'm pic- I'm just picturing it. It's like, there isn't uh, someone who's like going, we, no one is like, oh, am I too far? So you've got some people who don't even no. go, don't, they don't, don't even leave the school because they don't really know the boundary is. And then they're not engaging right. and they're not playing. They're not resting. So that's going to affect them and their next thing. And you've got some people who are like towing the line. <laughs> right. Playing right next to the busy road. Yeah. Scared. Right. Yeah. Which scared is like the driving teacher. the teacher yeah. crazy. And so, and then it's, so then no one really knows how to play and no one's actually fully expressing themselves. And I love that because a boundary allows people to fully express themselves within those containers and, and it allows you, the person who has the boundary to also do that. That's so good. You're up. Yeah. I clear you're a teacher. Uh, <laughs> So, okay, you work with your husband, m- me as well. I actually don't sit across from him. I left the office and made a note office. And <laughs> I was like, you talk on the phone too much. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> but um, for people who are listening, you know, and, and I know working with your husband can be a little bit different than if you have a business partner that you're not married to. But mm-hmm. what were what were some of the things that you had to kind of, you, you two had to negotiate so that you could work together and then also live life together? Because it can be so easy yeah. for that boundary to be c- crossed. It really can't. Well, I think this is true in any, if you have a relation, let's be honest, anybody who's your business partner, you're going to have a relationship with, and it's not going to be just a light and easy relationship. You're going to know each other's personal crap. You're going to know what's going on behind the scenes. You're going to know all those things. Um, we got this question so much. We actually did a podcast episode, the two of us together talking about it. I think honestly, and So at this point, John and I have been married 22 years. I think the secret to a happy marriage, whether that marriage is husband and wife or business partners or, you know what I mean, friends who are business partners, it's it's another form of marriage. It really is. The biggest secret is communication and really understanding who the other person is and respecting that. Knowing who they are and knowing that they're different than you and still respecting that and clearly having that communication. So there are times where I... First of all, I love what I do. Like, it makes me so happy. I could talk about it all day long. And John will look at me sometimes and he'll be like, honey, no, we are not talking about work right now. <laughs> I can, I cannot think about it. And I have to, first of all, respect that he doesn't want to talk about it. And that's okay. 
And he has to respect me enough to communicate it to me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this. So he's setting a boundary there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also really being very clear about what our responsibilities are. I think especially as people are starting off their businesses, they don't really think about kind of the roles and responsibilities of each person in each job. So really clearly delineating, like this is your wheelhouse. You're the manager of these things. Mm -hmm. I call them drivers and doers, right? Mm -hmm. Doers are the people who are like doing the things and the drivers are the ones who are managing. Some tasks, he's the driver and I'm just one of the doers. Other things, I'm the driver and he maybe is a doer or somebody else on the team is a doer. So knowing who's in charge of the different areas, that also helps because that alleviates any stepping of toes. Right. Yeah. That can really easily happen. Well, and mm-hmm. that's like I love that you point out because everything anytime you're in a relationship with some where there's a uh, some sort of project, you know, you're married with kids and a household or you <laughs> yeah. are doing a business yes. together. And thank you for bringing that up because I have a lot of people want to partner up. I'm like, have you actually like thought about what that means to be married to that person for a long time? Did you date long enough? Like, just make sure. because Yeah. Everything is messy. You're now in bed together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But that's um, how it works. But I think, um, so I love that. And also it is that communication king is so key, but also knowing the roles and recently not re- it's actually been many years now, but, um, uh, because I started all the companies, I was like the automatic CEO and it was so weird. I'm like, I'm right. not a CEO. Like, I don't, what does that, what does that even mean? Like, and I was trying to be the CEO and I hated it because what do CEOs do? Lots of meetings. They are in a lot of meetings and they're managing a lot of doers <laughs> to mm-hmm. use your example. And so we met with this woman. Uh, she, uh, she also was on the podcast, uh, early on and she was like having us do this little triangle. Like, where do you like to live on this triangle of like, the ideas person, like creativity or the entrepreneur or the ops person. And I was like, ideas and I can be an entrepreneur, <laughs> like naturally. Right. And, um, right. and my husband who was doing ops, he was like the COO. He's like, I'm the operations, like entrepreneur side. And I'm like, oh my God, we get to switch roles. So you just get to switch roles. So now I am the chief visionary officer. I get to do all the ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets to do that. And once you know whose role is what, it really does make life easier. And that goes in your household with like, who's in charge of what yes. around here versus like, yes. at, at maybe even with your role girlfriends like and you want to do a a vacation together knowing who's in charge of what there it just makes it easier no one feels like are they doing it and there's not a lack of communication around something that's not clear so essentially what we're saying is boundaries yeah right (laughs) that's essentially that's what the roles and responsibilities do is it tells us our boundaries of where we're playing and where we don't play yeah right and i love that because Truly, we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. Mm-hmm. We can stop pretending like we don't have weaknesses because we all have them, right? Let's play to the strengths. Let's play to the weaknesses. If you don't want to be doing the operation side of things, stop doing it, right? Bring in the right person to do those things. Uh, shift roles. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you because you don't want to be the CEO. In, in my family, with John and I, he's like, no, you are totally the CEO. I love being, he's the marketing guy. Mm. He likes to do the marketing, he likes to do the finance. And so it's like fabulous, right? He's like, I have no desire for that. So there's not this like push and pull or play for for power because we both know our lanes yeah. and we stay in them, Yeah, right? And that makes it all so much easier. And I think you're right. I think this holds true. I mean, you kind of touched on this idea of like, even at home too, this matters, I like to tell people your home is a business. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we think about productivity like in our workspaces, 
your home is a nonprofit. You know, you're <laughs> you're not doing something for profit. A lot of times what you're doing is you're you're exuding your values or you're instilling them in your children. The profit of what you're you're creating is what you put out into the world in your personal life. So running a lot of your home tasks, just like you would if you were a business, like we have meetings for my team at work, but we also have meetings for my team at home. We have team meetings with our kids where we plan out and we talk about what's happening for the week. One of the things I like to say is um, we can bring home the bacon, we can fry it up in a pan, but if the kitchen is burning down around us, it does us no good. Mm -hmm. We need a good, happy, stable home life that feels amazing. So when we go to work, we can dive fully 100% into our work. And we want work to run well. So then when we go home, we can dive fully 100% into our relationships with other people, our relationship with ourselves, and really enjoy the things outside of who we are during work hours. Mm, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I could keep talking to you because I really I love everything you're saying. <laughs> and I feel like there's a lot of, of uh, like just things that are very similar in our work lives and, and everything. Mm -hmm. And I just thank you for having an honest conversation about all the different ways boundaries really, truly <laughs> make life so much easier um, and allow us to do more things on this, on this planet. Cause everyone listening here has something that they bring to this world and to the people around them. And if they don't have boundaries, then they can't do that. We're going to take a quick break and find out where people can find you, follow you, listen to your podcast. All right, loves, it's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality. And that's why for three years, I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. All right, Tanya, where uh, you mentioned at the beginning, but just in case I missed it, what's the name of your podcast? Where can people buy your books and work more with you? Yeah. So the name of my podcast is The Intentional Advantage. So you can, as soon as this is over, you can do a search for my name, Tanya Dalton, or The Intentional Advantage right here where you're listening to this and give that a follow. I think we're on like episode 270 something at this point. So there's a whole library you can pull from there. 
uh, as well as new ones coming out all the time. My books are available anywhere books are sold. The Joy of Missing Out is my first book. And then On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success, where you can find links to those, my podcast, hear about me speaking, all the different things that I do at my website, which is tanyadalton.com. So T-A-N-Y-A-D-A-L-T-O-N.com. Amazing. We will put all those links in the show notes, everyone. Okay, before I let you go, be it action items. So bold, executable, intrinsic, or targeted steps people can take to be it till they see it. What do you have for us? Yeah, so I would say, first of all, we had a lot of talk about boundaries. So if you have boundaries in place, maybe doing a quick check on those. How am I doing with those? Do I like what they are? Am I communicating them? And if you're not, maybe step back and figure out where can I start communicating these, right? Start doing that. And then if you if you haven't set boundaries, this is a great opportunity to do that. I would give yourself, you only need maybe 10, 15 minutes to really do that. So I would challenge you to do that today. And here's the truth. If we can't gift ourselves 15 minutes today, who are we gifting it to, mm-hmm. right? What are, we, what are we giving our time away to? Really think about who it is you want to be. I want to encourage you to really think bigger than today. When you set your boundaries for today, it's going to bear so much fruit in the future because it's going to free up your space and your time and your, your mind, honestly, because it allows you to play and explore just like those kids on the playground. Mm, I, that is, I mean, that is an essential step for everyone to take. And that's something you can mm-hmm. even maybe set in place as like a thing you do quarterly, or maybe you do it around your new year's time. Like it's not a resolution. It's like, what just like a retrospection on how did things go with my boundaries and what steps yes. I want to take for the next year so I can have all these things. Tanya, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and your and your words with us. I'm so grateful. Everyone, how are you going to use these tips in your life? Make sure you tag Tanya Dalton, tag the Be It Pod. Share this with a friend. Maybe if you're struggling with boundaries, share it with all of your friends who struggle with boundaries and you guys can together <laughs> support each other in those ways. I'm so grateful for all of you. And until next time, be it till you see it. episode of the be it till you see it podcast one thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast also make sure to introduce yourself over at the be it pod on instagram i would love to know more about you share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it help us and others be it till you see it have an awesome day Be It Till You See It is a production of As The Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week that you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll 
for keeping us all on point and on time. my coffee lovers I got something for you and I know most of you are coffee lovers because if you're listening to this you have lots of things you're doing and coffee is something that you are taking with you everywhere you go in fact I know the plaza instructors around here are taking coffee kombucha tea and water into every class that they take so this one is amazing because this is pure cafe bold they have two options for you they've got black coffee and then they've got a caramel coffee latte which is amazing and here's why it's amazing it's pre-brewed so it comes in this amazing little packet and you can actually just take the packet in to your office, your work on a plane like we've been doing. And then you pour hot water in and boom, you've got coffee. And this coffee actually has some amazing stuff. It's not just regular coffee. This coffee supports your immune system. It boosts cognitive function, increases stamina, it reduces stress, and it has cordyceps. And what are cordyceps, you ask? Oh, that's right. Brad's here. Nature's powerful secret energizer, a rare species of fungi cordyceps is renowned for its invigorating properties and centuries old use in traditional medicine packed with essential nutrients this natural adaptogen boosts stamina and supports overall well-being and seriously it's actually super simple to make leslie and i have taken it camping yeah i'll use it in the afternoon we're taking it everywhere because i'm tired of conferences and different hotels having burnt coffee it's a thousand times better than the terrible coffee that you get on an airplane and the black coffee is like less than a dollar a packet so it's like it's really kind of amazing yeah and i'm i'm a big fan of the caramel myself he the does caramel like has it. a little bit of uh of milk in it so. it has some dairy so my dairy free peeps you, you can't do the caramel but you can do the black right yeah the black coffee is vegan keto gluten-free non-gmo nut-free dairy-free fat-free and cgmp compliant all right so here's the deal you need to go to beitpod.com slash coffee b-e-i-t-p-o-d.com slash coffee and when you do that, you are going to be able to get some amazing coffee that we're loving. You can buy it as a one-time purchase, or you can actually get it as a subscription. There's even family packs. So if you know that you've got a lot of coffee drinkers in your household, this is amazing. And it's honestly cheaper than all the coffees we've been making at home. So we are so excited. I hope you are. Go to beatpod.com slash coffee. And, you know, cheers to you and I. Every morning, we'll be drinking the same coffee together. Woo!